Welcome to Bourbon Sauce. Today's episode is called Love Drunk. So, in today's episode, we're going to talk about dating and good and bad experiences and maybe a little uh, what to avoid, red flags. So, we've got Ryan and myself, Dan. Grab your favorite bourbon and join us for the show. Before we get into it, Ryan, which bourbon are you sipping on? So, uh, I went with a, uh, you know... Just a random one off the shelf here. Decided I'd give it a little try. Uh, it's called Fistful of Bourbon out of uh, Edison, New Jersey. I think I paid like 20 bucks for this bottle. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I would say um, the taste kind of, because it's a mesh of like five different bourbons. Mm. So uh, it's almost like I'm drinking um, the bourbon equivalent. Of a woman with multiple personalities. <laughs> okay. So it's uh it's flavorful, yet it's uh it, it grabs your, your attention. Yes, it uh definitely takes your tongue, your taste buds and your tongue for a ride. On a little adventure. Yes. Yeah. I am splurging on this one and I decided to go with the E. H. Taylor single barrel because, you know. Fancy. Um in the spirit of Trying to find some good quality woman, I figured uh, this is this is the next best thing. So, I mean, you do tend to lean towards the higher end women, so you know why not higher end bourbon? Yeah, you know uh, it, that's true. So we're supposed to talk about dating in this episode, and being that we're both been single for a while, and we've been dealing with the lovely apps that they have out there it's it's hard for a single dude you know what i mean and it it's more difficult because we covered this before in one of the episodes with where the girls catfish you a lot yeah and so you never know really what you're gonna get and i think that personality is one of the hardest things to come through on dating apps and so i feel personally that I get shortchanged sometimes because I'm not a texter at all. And a lot of these dating apps, these girls are looking for you to carry on a conversation through text a lot. Yeah. In order to get to know you, to feel comfortable enough to want to meet you in public. And I'm like, dude, just fucking saddle up. Let's go meet in public. Like I I don't I don't want to text a million lines of text with you. I'd rather either you give me your number and I call you or whatever, but I understand too. These girls, they have a lot of creeps. Yeah, just like guys, we run into girls that are clingers, you know. Oh yeah, and so they're not really forthcoming on wanting to give out their number, and I get that. But in the same sense, it's like if you're serious about wanting to date somebody, put yourself out there, and not just like kind of put yourself out there, but like really put yourself out there. Without risk, there is no reward. Yeah. And you might also catch catch an STD, but hey, that's what protection's for. True. But, you know. I didn't say you had to sleep with everybody you go on a date with. That's 100% true, too. And I think that's a another misunderstanding when these girls are thinking like, oh, this guy just wants to bang me. Nine times out of ten, yes, we do want to bang you. But a lot of the time, we're really trying to figure out if you're going to be somebody we want to go on a second date, a third date, if, you know, we even want to go down that road or if even jumping in bed with you. And I think the girls now, 
just have this idea because there's so many dudes out there that are quick to shoot their shot and say, you want to bang like right off. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that approach. It, you know, it's a, it's a war of attrition at that point. If you're just constantly saying like every girl you match with, you're like, Hey, you want to bang? I'm sure at some point you, you'll probably get one. that's like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead. Right. Let's go for that one night rodeo. But I just think there's so many red flags that come with that too. Because if you get a girl that wants to sleep with you and she sleeps with you on the first night, nine times out of 10, that's not the girl you want to try to create a long-term relationship with. That's just a girl that's down for some fun. At least that's my experience. I don't know how it is for you, but... I, I, sometimes. Um, so I would say I would say chemistry plays a lot in. So, like, obviously, looks mm-hmm. get you in the door, right? You, there has to be a form of physical attraction right. for you to even be willing to have a conversation. Right. You know, you have plenty of people like, oh, you fat shame, or you, you know, you don't like super skinny girls, or this or that, right? They they always it's have something to criticize. Everybody has a preference. Right. Um, and when people say they don't have a preference, honestly, you have a preference. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to admit your preference. Um, right. So, attraction gets you in the door. Yeah. Personality keeps you there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you could be a supermodel. And... Yeah, I'm physically attracted to you, but when I meet you, if you just have a garbage personality, I really quickly start looking for the door. The dare? Yeah, the, the dare, dare. The dare. Yeah. Uh, like, as Medea says, the dare. Mm-hmm. I start looking for the door. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a big thing. Chemistry has to be there. Uh-huh. And, I mean, yeah, I've gone on some dates where the chemistry seemed great right out the gate. Yeah. But then, as things kind of progressed, it's like, oh. Okay, now we're getting the real persons coming through. Yeah, because you didn't want to be real out the gate. So right. anymore, it's it's almost like I have so much going on in life that uh, I just have a constant out of jail free cards kind of thing. Like mm. I'm gonna date you, and then it's like, okay, this is getting too serious for me, and I'm out. So, so it's so you're I kind of I, I still kind of have uh. I would I would admit that I probably still have on some level a level of commitment issues. Uh-huh. And I mean also it's not like I'm I'm too close to retirement and moving and all this other stuff's going on. Right. So it's almost like I want a relationship but it's like that's a lot of commitment. Commitment, right. a lot of different things going on. Like mm-hmm. and it's I know what your thing is because we've talked about this off off the podcast yeah. with your ex and how yeah. you are now at that point where you don't want to sacrifice the end goal that you have in mind. Yes. And and that's great. And that you should never, ever deviate from that because if a right woman comes in your life, she's going to know what she's getting into and fully accept that. Just like when you get in a, a woman's life, you know what she's bringing to the table and you're okay with it. And I think that's a problem in a lot of relationships today is everyone wants everyone to compromise in order for the relationship to work. But it's like, there's some things that you're, you shouldn't compromise on, you know? And I think morals, ethics, life goals should never be compromised on because once you start doing that, then resentment creeps in and it totally soils the relationship. 100%. It's like, so like in another aspect too, to go along with that, right? Your relationship with a woman Mm -hmm. and her relationship with you 
is business. It's a A B conversation. Right. Yep. Family I, doesn't need to be in it. No. Nope. Friends don't need to be in it. It is an A B conversation. Agreed. Short of physical harm or gaslighting or something yeah. like that. If you all are just having issues, that's what therapy's for. That's what other things are for. That's Your what... family is not meant to be brought into it. Right. Because whether you get through it with that individual, your family's going to harbor that resentment from then on, period. They don't get over it. 100%. Because so, they're they're trying to protect your best interests. Exactly. Always. I don't care what any family says. They might say like, oh, no, you know, we're not. No, you're biased. 100% you're biased. It's your kin and you want to make sure that they're okay. So I do agree with you that a relationship is a 1v1. Yep. There should be no other parties that are involved unless it is a therapist, I mean, a I doctor. Guess, or, I guess you know, maybe whatever. if you're in like a poly relationship, then there's one yeah, v just two. Quite... You know, that's that's like uh, you I guess at that point really... you're Camelot and you're the Knights of the Round Table. But you got to be really, really solid if you're going to be in a poly relationship. You can't have a, any sort of open door relationship unless the one and two are really in sync. And you right. set a lot of good ground rules. Because if you don't do that, then what's going to happen is just like in any normal relationship, there's going to be some jealousy that creeps in. Oh, yeah. Because you're spending too much time with somebody else or whatever, right? Um, that is definitely something I've learned in dating is respect. If they don't know how to respect even like the wait staff on a date, you got to go. Like that's a big, big red flag. If you're going to be rude to somebody you don't even know, how are you going to be with somebody that you want to be intimate with? Because that just shows me that like you just you think you're better than everybody, and the world's supposed to revolve around you, right? I think I told you about this date that I had a while back. I didn't make it ten minutes into the date, and I left because once she realized that I had dogs that slept in the bed. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, "You wouldn't put them out if I if we started dating," and I said, "Uh, no." They've been here before you, lady. Like, they were here before you, and yeah. they'll be here after yeah. you. Yeah. She's like, well, this just won't work for me. I'm like, I already determined you that know, when you brought up the dogs in the bed. Yeah, and, and that's something else, too. I think younger years, me, I think, yearned so badly to be accepted by the girls that I dated that I was willing to tolerate a lot more. And I think that was a, a, a byproduct of the dysfunction of my, my upbringing. Yeah. But now I'm at the point where I'm almost farther to the other side of that coin where I'm very l less lenient of things. And if I see you have a lot more, you have a lot more uh, lines in the sand more. Or less. Right. And I, and I know what I'm bringing to the table now versus when I was younger, when I, I was still trying to figure out who I was. And I think that's something that a lot of people when they're young, they don't really understand. And they're very influenced by the person that they end up dating. And so they kind of lose themselves. And, I, and you hear that a lot in relationships where they're like, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I lost my identity or whatever. And that's true. Yes. Because you, you are basically merging two entities into oh, a single life. Oh, I 100% lost myself in my marriage. And, and I did the same thing You're when I was talking about with, a young guy that marries an older woman. And yeah. I will say I've had a couple, I, I would consider successful relationships, but they just, we, why, we just ended it on mutual terms because it was just like, we knew it wasn't exactly what we wanted, and it was better to end before it got nasty. Right. But I've also, you know, on the other side, gotten to that point where I dated somebody because I was blinded by their beauty or 
uh, blinded by the great sex or, you know, whatever. It's something superficial that kept me around and it wasn't anything that should have kept me around. Like there's more tangible reasons to stay in a relationship that I think people overlook a lot because they're so worried about being alone and not comfortable with themselves yet. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not comfortable with yourself, you're going to bring in a lot of bad partners because you just don't know how to filter that out yet because you, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you truly want from your partner or even yourself. And I think that's a big thing that in today's culture with Tinder and Grindr and all these fucking for the gay community and the, the bisexual community, there's right. so many, there's so many apps that people can just swipe through and they're just, it's like a, they don't really take the time to learn who they are first before they get on these apps and they start swiping and matching people. And next thing you know, they match with somebody and that person thinks that they like them. But then once you start peeling the layers back, you're like, Ooh, Ooh, another red flag. Ooh. Right. Like, you know, for your perfect example, your dogs were there first. She's not a dog person. Okay. We should never even gone on a fucking date to begin with. You should have told me she was a dog person. She was a no dogs in the bed person. Yeah. No. See, I'm I'm a 50-50 on the dogs in the bed thing because sometimes I want Thor to sleep with me and other times I'm like, dude, you are snoring like a goddamn log factory in here. You got to go. Or he'll fart and he's got bad <laughs> gas. And I'm like, dude, you got to go, man. Like he, I, he gets that from Tank. I'm like, I need a gas mask in order to sleep tonight. Like, yep. this is awful. And that's only if we give him like people food around. You right. know, like we have a cookout or something. We're like, hey, here you go, buddy. Here's some extra right. chicken. Here's some extra spicy whatever. And the next day I know I'm like, Bleh. But, so then you also got that self-love, right? Yep. That's most and, important, I think. Right? So self-love, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, loving yourself is a... If you don't love yourself before you start anything, right. you're... And we're you're, not talking masturbation. That yeah. is a part of self-love, but, yeah, you know... We're, we're, that's, that's a complete... You're, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the other person, right? right? And then also having confidence in yourself... Mm-hmm. Right, but then on the other side of both of those coins, you have narcissism, right, and ego. What what is it? Egotistical. Yeah. Right. So so you got to be, you you got to love yourself and you got to be confident in who you are, but you don't need to be at a level that you're a narcissist. That right. You are. No, you, there's a level of humbleness right. that comes with it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you have to understand you have flaws. So I, I've ran across some people in my life where they mistake my confidence for cockiness. I mean, I've been around you a long time. Like, There's times where it's like, oh, you're being a little cocky asshole. But in reality, it's like, no, you're not. No, I just know I know who I am. I know what I bring. I, I just know my limitations and everything else. And I'm okay with if somebody says like, oh, well, you're, I'm like, Okay, like that's your opinion. It doesn't affect me. I know who I am, so that's just your opinion. Like, there's a hundred other people around in my life that I know will disagree with that opinion, right? And so it's just you know, I think when you're younger, it's it you're more impressionable. So when people say certain slights, it stings a lot more. Yeah, and until you really truly hone in on who you are as a person. Yep. And then when you go into dating that makes it a lot more functional because you you know what you bring to the table and so you're not willing to accept less. It has a lot to do with, um, you, you mentioned the self-love thing, but it's also um, 
self-respect thing because if, yeah. if you don't respect yourself, then you're going to let other people disrespect you too. Right. And that for me is a, a, a hard pill to swallow because I've dated some people and they try to be disrespectful. I'm like, mm, no, that's not going to be a thing. You know, like you, you can, we can talk shit. We can send little barbs or, you know, make fun of this or that. But once you start making it personal attacks or you start making um, accusations about different things or you try to slight me, that's when I look at the person and I'm like, mm, sorry, sorry. I, you know, that, that's just not going to fly. I feel like we should create like one of these little dating books. Like you can go pick up these different books that are like, you know, 3,000 questions mm-hmm. about you kind of thing. Yeah. And you can like trade them. But you do, instead of doing 3,000 questions, you make it, you do the, the hard questions. Yeah. Right? So you put those in the book, yeah, you like, answer those, and then you exchange them on your date. So it, I've read the Five Love Languages book a yep. few times yep. uh, by Chapman. It has little tidbits in the, in the back. It's like a quiz yeah. that you're supposed to take with your partner. So that way you know what your love languages are. So then you yes. can figure out, because that has a lot to factor in. Because there's people that feel like they have good chemistry, but then their love languages are different. Right. And so that's hard for a lot of people to, especially when you're young and you don't understand love languages, because you can't pour from an empty cup is a, a very prominent saying. And that's true. Because if, if you're constantly pouring into to the other person and they're not pouring back into you, mm-hmm. you're going to run dry. Right. And then occasionally you have those people that are so full that mm-hmm. they have to hang a cup off their ass just to catch the excess. <laughs> Right, right? Yeah. you know, because yeah. they're not, they're not, they're all about themselves. Yeah, but it's, it's. I think if anybody were is listening to this that is curious about relationships, that's a great book to start with. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are religious and they're like, oh, the Bible. You go to church, you guys can build on that, and it's like, sure, that's a great foundation if you guys. That's your, your both your thing, like religion. You can like right. latch onto that, but I think if you can latch onto something that's a little more intellectual. It gives you a, a common ground there, and I think that book is a great stepping stone for beginner relationships because then you really find out and you can fine-tune what they're looking for and what they need because sometimes people don't even know what they need, and that's confusing as fuck when you date somebody that they don't even know what they need, and you're trying to do all the guesswork, and you're like, okay, what do you need today? And they're like, I don't fucking know. And you're like, do you need right. me to hug you? Do you need me to leave you alone? Do you need like pizza? Like, what the fuck do you need? And they're just, I don't know. You're like, God damn, that's frustrating. Well, if you don't know what you need, God. your partner's definitely not going to know fuck what you no, need. I'm not a mind reader. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have telepathy. I, I just, I'm not, that's not going to be a thing. You, you can't do, I, that's another pet peeve of mine. The hinting thing that people do. Or the passive aggressiveness shit that people do in relationships. Oh, the passive aggressive behavior. You want to see me? Oh my! You want to see me lose myself real quick? That's just that's annoying. Is on another level. And don't don't be petty and don't be passive aggressive. Right. If you got something to say, say it. And don't text it. Like fucking tell me, hey, I'm calling. Do you have a moment to talk? Like, can can we have a discussion? Oh, texting's horrible because you can't get the inflection of the voice. Nope. You can't see the person. You don't know. And if you're like me, I'm I'm a pretty sarcastic person. So No. <laughs> oftentimes in text, it's hard to know 
if I'm being serious or if I'm fucking around. I just read all your messages as sarcasm. Yeah, because it's better that way. Because it's it's if you don't, then you're gonna immediately get butt hurt. Because there's people out there that are extra focused on the word selection, and they they are like, "You just suck at delivery." And I'm like, maybe, or maybe you suck at interpretation, or maybe it's middle ground, somewhere in the middle. I mean, I've, everybody can work on the way they deliver things, right? And everybody's guilty of not delivering something in in the right moment with the right words or the right tone. Right. Um, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. what's your opinion on do relationships take work? They 100% do. Okay. Uh, so, the reason why I say that mm-hmm. is because... It's it's like a job that you you are investing yourself in, and if you only will only get out of it what you put into it, just like anything else in life. So if you put in the bare minimum in a relationship, you're going to get the bare minimum back in return. And if you expect more than you put in, then you're a narcissist, or you're an egotistical person, or you you have some sort of dysfunction right. in your thought process. It's supposed to be a give and take. Not a give, 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 or a take, 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 take. It's a give and take. And it's not a 50-50 thing. Each person has to give 100%. And there's times when you might not give 100%, and that other person will have to give 125%. You know, it's a balance. It's a scale of equality in when it comes to relationships. So, yes, relationships do take work because you're two complete strangers that are coming together and trying to make a life together. And in order to do that, there's a lot of fucking legwork that goes into it. There's a lot of questions that go into it. There's a lot of discussions that have to go in. There's a lot of discourse that has to happen. There's mm-hmm. arguments that are going to happen. And that's okay. You're not going to agree on everything 100% of the time. And people that have this like fairy tale idea in their head that, oh, I'm going to find the perfect man or the perfect girl and everything's going to be fucking blissful and we're never going to argue, you are high as fuck. That is never going to be a truth, ever. Not until you put in a lot of work and you get to a point where you have an understanding. Like, you are who you are. You are who, you know, she'll look at you and be like, okay, I, I accept the fact that you like to chew, for you example, right? Right. Me, I like to drink. There's just two, like, certain women out there that'll look at them like, ew and ew. Yeah. You drink, you chew. Mm-hmm. Ew. It's like, okay, well, fuck you too. Bye. Like, there's going to be a hundred other girls out there that are waiting for me to give them the time of day. Okay. See ya. And the same for girls. You know, there's a guy like, I don't like your nipples. You have them pierced. Mm -hmm. That's her fucking choice, dude. Or I don't don't like, for instance, you don't like women that smoke. I don't. I have dated girls that smoke. It doesn't bother me. But I just don't. But I also grew up around... I did too. That smoked. I did too. Just kind of. And I smoked for a bit myself, but when I quit, I think when I quit smoking, that's when it became a bigger problem for me. Because see, I was never a smoker, other than the occasional cigar. You know, I I did the progression, right? Yeah. I chewed, and then I went to smoking because military. It was like you had smoke breaks. Okay, you could. You know, everyone's gonna pause for the cause. Yeah. But when I got out, I stopped smoking because I was like, I don't. I don't really right. like smoking. I just did it so I could get a fucking break from slaving away at at work. But so the reason I was asking about your your yep. opinion on the d- 
does a relationship no, take work, yeah. right? So I believe a relationship takes work as well, right? Mm-hmm. And after much needed behavioral health, yep. after my marriage and stuff, what I came to realize is, and uh, what my therapist helped me understand is, it's it takes work, but what people, and this is what keeps people in bad relationships, right? Because they say, everybody says, oh, well, the relationship takes work. So they start thinking, okay, I just got to keep working at this and working at this and it'll get better. And it never gets better. You just kind of keep yourself stuck in it. So for me, for me, the work for a relationship is technically not work. So I look at it like this. For me, work, it's not so much work, right? Yep. If you love what you're doing, is it work? For you. For you. Uh, it so still is work. At, it's, so let's it's say still effort out. It is effort. It is effort. But let's say you're working in the workshop doing something you enjoy doing, right? In your mind, is that work really? It is it really work? Like people will look at it and be like, "Oh, he's working." So, but for this you, is where my German analytical brain comes all right, in. So we're I, not talking analytics. So like me, right? Right. I can run a sawmill all day long, and I love doing it. I have fun woodworking, working in the garden, right? So, yes, it's work because you're physically doing stuff. But for me, I enjoy it. It's So, therefore, it's not really work, right? So, yes, you have to work in a relationship, but it should be more like that that mindset of the, the investing in something you are enjoying, right? It shouldn't be work for the sake of work. It should be that you should put into that relationship that same work ethic that you do when you grow a garden or you're sitting there and you're you're grilling or smoking meat or you're working on your razor, right? Yeah. Well, Those are different. That's a whole different, different type of levels. work ethic. They're different levels of effort. And some are... But it's that typical less mindset. Less effortless. Yes. Right? But it's that typical mindset of it takes work right. without really understanding the fact that I could get a job at McDonald's and hate every minute of it, but that is work, right? Well, you're going to a job versus a career. It's I don't enjoy it, right? right. So why am I going to continue doing it? Yeah. Right? So that's what people have to understand is there is work in a relationship. But if you're putting in work and it is miserable all the time and you feel like you're, you're not doing anything, you're getting nowhere. So if you're not investing and enjoying it, like, yeah, obviously there's going to be frustrating moments, just like doing a super cool project or working on this podcast, for instance. We really enjoy doing this. Right. But I guarantee you, and I've seen it firsthand, there's times where you absolutely are ready to pull your hair out doing audio edits. I 100% fucking hate doing audio. I would I would love to hire like an audio engineer. Uh-huh. But yet, for now, for you keep doing it because yeah, you want this to progress and go somewhere. And that's true. And that's the same thing with relationships and anything else, like career, whatever. You, The effort you put in is the results in the end, what you get out. Yep. That's what I was getting at. No, and I, I, I would agree. We agree, obviously, that work, relationships do take work. I also think another thing to go along with your love language, your mm. the book, uh, obviously, they have a military version, too, now. Um for military spouses and stuff, or people trying to date people in the military. Um, but another good thing that you and your girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other could do uh, is take the 16 personalities test. 
Oh, yeah, I've done that, too. Right? So you can figure out if you're an ENFJ or whatever. Yeah, I've done right. that. Like, I'm an ENFP. Yeah, I am. Uh, I forgot. I, hold on a second. I'll tell you exactly. So what, what they call what you're, me what you're is the campaigner, right? So I'm very extroverted. Um, I'm close on mm. the intuitiveness, but I have more. I lean more into the feeling aspect. Yep. Um, my assertiveness is much higher than my prospecting. And then, uh, it, it basically says so, that I'm a people person. So I'm ENFJ. Yes. Which means I'm judgy. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's, that's totally me. Cause I do judge fucking yes. everybody and, and any, anything. Uh, and I am extroverted just like you, because we will talk to random fucking people as today. Again, we were at yep. the bar and I was just talking to a random dude about whatever. And, and uh, it was interesting, but um, when I think about relationships and but that right there can really help you understand your partner, especially if they're an introvert, right? And you think about uh, everyone's talking about like a perfect pairing. There's no such thing as a perfect pairing. That that is a fairy tale Hollywood bullshit story. There is such a thing as a perfect compromise because. That's relationships in itself is there's always going to be a compromise. Somebody has to give up something because you can't, you can't all, you can't just be bullheaded all the time. I feel like people just need to walk around with labels, right? <laughs> and it's just, this is what I am, right? Cause I, I, I am a firm a believer. Just fire. Asshole 20% right. of the time. Be yourself out the gate, yeah. right? Like everybody's so worried well, it takes me a moment to warm up. No bullshit. It doesn't take you a moment to warm up. Right. What it really is, in my opinion, is you're scared of rejection because of you being who you are. Well, and then you have... Or being judged. Right. Right. So what it comes down to is just be you, and if they don't like it, piss on them. Or piss off. Right? You know? Doesn't matter. Yeah. If, they, if they don't like it, then you didn't need to be with them anyways. Yeah, and I think that's another thing is like um, abuse, emotional, mental, oh, physical, gaslighting that, that whole all that. Shebang. Uh, I think I think that's a problem too, is because, um, like I'll admit, right when I was younger, and I'd first gotten out of the military, and I had a lot of lingering issues from that. I was a very toxic person, and unfortunate to my baby mama, she took the brunt of that, and. I as much as I wanted to love her and be there and and make that relationship work. Yeah. I just was not in the right place for that. And 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 I constantly am apologetic to her because of that. You know, you got everything out there. You've got gaslighting, Stockholm right. Stockholm syndrome and like I know Stockholm syndrome it typically applies to like kidnap people and stuff like that. But it actually kind of translates over to a lot of abusive relationships. Well, yeah, what did I do it wrong? No, it was me. It no, was you're me. Right. It, it and that that's that's the same thing. Like, right. With my kid's mom, you know, I Oh, I was not trying in any way to no. tie that to that. No, but it does. It actually does tie into that because um I think once you fall in especially for probably women more than men, when you fall in love with somebody, you want to see it through because you don't want to look like an idiot for picking that person, right? So it's a form of like Stockholm syndrome in a way because you now are trying to appease your aggressor. 
And that's essentially what happens in Stockholm Syndrome is now that you are the captive, cap- right. captured person. You're the, the prisoner. Yeah, you're the captive. I'm the captain, no. Uh, you literally are trying to do anything to appease that person so they'll stop. They will leave you alone, right? Stop abusing you. And stop as long as you, you appease, it just keeps going. Well, they think in their mind, I'll appease, I'll walk on eggshells, I'll do this, I'll do that, and the, the beatings will stop. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. Just like even if it's not physical abuse. Right. Right? It could be verbal. It verbal, could be like, anything. Like Appeasement does not fix it. No. Appeasement It just makes, prolongs it. Basically, you, you've got a tsunami coming at you, and you just you you just appeased it. Mm-hmm. So now you get a little bit of a little well, bit and, of a wave or a little wake, right? But eventually right. that tidal wave is gonna take your ass out. Well, and then also what could happen is it, you saw firsthand is that it could get a little crazier than you anticipated. You yeah. know, and there there becomes property damage and there becomes, you know, other you know, emotional damage that innocent bystanders like kids. Yeah. Or uh, animals, or you know, whatever. Friends, friends get sucked in because, like we talked, it's supposed to be one and one. Yeah. But a lot of time, abusers are going to do that thing where they reach out to everybody else to make you look like the crazy one. So when you finally do reach out to everyone, they're like, "Ha! See, I told you they're crazy. I told you they were going to do this. I told you they're going to do that. And look, they're actually doing it." So it's like they're trying to control the narrative. Before it happens, and then goat you into doing exactly what they've told everyone else you're gonna do, so then they look like the innocent party. So, I that's what I'm saying. You know, I've been on both sides of that coin. Um, so, have you heard of the illusory truth effect? No, what is that? So, essentially, like say I have a uh, snake in a box on the center of the table here, right? Is it a penis in a table? No, no, it's a snake oh, in a box. It's a real snake. This yeah, is like it's a real a snake. Gonna jump out? No, it's in a box on the table, right? Okay. So, and say we have a box there, and there's a snake in it, right? No step on snake. Okay, and I tell it. you, hmm. every day, yeah, it's not poisonous. It's not poisonous. It's not poisonous. Every day, right? If I, basically psychologically, if I keep repeating this over and mm-hmm. over and over, yeah, you're it. Not everybody, but a lot of people, it will rewire your brain or trigger your brain to rewire that, okay, that is that is a snake in a box on the table, and it is not poisonous. Okay. And then, hey, stick your hand in that box. All right, fine. And then you get bit, and turns out it's a poisonous snake. So that that's like Pavlov's dog. Yeah, yeah. More, yeah, very similar, very similar. Okay. But it's it's you you your repetitiveness of that truth until that truth becomes a reality. So I, I remember talking to somebody a long time ago about, you know, when you come into a job and there was an experiment about monkeys and you try to do something different, but those other monkeys would beat that new monkey yeah. in order, beating literally beating them into yes. submission. Yes. I feel like that kind of happens in some relationships if you're with somebody uh, that is overbearing. Yeah. We know somebody who was recently in a relationship and, like that, and they typically and the, the, and unfortunately, the aggressor tends to be a narcissist. Usually, the unfortunate part of that person's plight is that 
they use children and prior lifestyle choices and everything else as a manipulation tool. Yes. And makes that other person's life a little bit harder, which sucks for that person because not only does it suck for that person, but when the family members witness it happening, then yeah. you're like, I just want to murder this person and make them yeah. disappear. Yeah. Not that I'm going to do it, you know, but I can see how that happens. Oh, because you'll see on like, you can, you can cut the tension with a knife. You can see on a lot of like TV shows, right? Where they talk about called Snapped. Yeah, that's that's the and show. It's usually the woman that does the snapping. Right. But it does happen for both sex, right? Yeah. So I, I can rationalize how it could happen. And I can empathize with how it could happen because I've been in those positions when predicaments where I'm like, you know, if I wasn't a little stronger mentally, I, I probably would be in jail. You know, uh, for quite for, possible. For example, this wasn't a relationship thing, but literally yesterday, my kid, my son, uh, was trying to fly out here. Yep. And the attendant that my baby mama was talking to was not being helpful and i'm i could just feel the anger sharks just building up and yeah. i'm like i could murder somebody like i'm ready to go to jail this is this is gonna be my moment where i go to jail and she's she, i can hear her talking to them because she's talking on the phone with me and she's delivering it a hundred percent better than i ever would because yeah. i'm i'm like Tell this motherfucker this. And she's like, so he's really wondering if you could blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you how do you do that? Like, that's the beauty of man versus woman, because we are so primal in our responses to a lot of things. And women are just like delicate. And they're supposed to be that way for Not a reason. All women. No, but the the better they're the fairer sex, right? And they're supposed to be that way to balance us out because we're Primarily, we're supposed to fucking annihilate everything. Yes. Kill, kill everything to protect our family. Kill everything to provide for our family. Like That's what we're bred to do is just kill. Kill, 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 kill. Just like the male in the wild, 90% of them are there to protect the pack. Except unless for lions. Unless, lions are different. Unless you're spiders and then... You right, know, but I'm just saying... Or you're praying mantis. You. Yeah, praying mantis. either or. Yeah. They're going to bite your head off. Yeah. Praying mantis will eat your, the male's head and yeah. feed the body to the babies. But Ugh. it's hilarious because like, I commend her 100% that she is the bigger person than me in that situation. Right. And that's why I say like, if there was one that I could ever try to unfuck, it would be her because she... We go way back, first of all, right? Right. She and I go back to literally middle school. And so we've known each other for a long ass time. But the way she handles situations, I'm just enamored. Like, I'm like, how the fuck can you just not be as mad as I am about this and be able to articulate what needs to be said to this person? Because there's times when, like, it's dudes. And we're in a, a situation that's like maybe higher intensity, and I can do this. I can do that. I can like right. bring it back. Right. But when it deals with my kid, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm fucking. I lost every goddamn marble in my bag, and I'm just, I'm I'm a goddamn wild west saloon shooting motherfucker, right? Right. right. And I'm like, I'm killing everybody. You, 
who's coming with me? We're taking everyone down. I want I want my kid here yesterday. And it's like, uh, so we're going somewhere. We're gonna hurt some people, <laughs> and uh, you can never ask me about it, right? Wh- whose car are we taking? Exactly. That's that's yeah. exactly that right there. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I- I'll bring the duct tape. Yep. And mm-hmm. the and the, I got a bag of lime. <laughs> and the bleach and the you know the yeah. tarp. It will be fine. Ammonia, ammonia. But this has been this has been an interesting topic, and I th- I feel like we can make we could revisit this at another point. But um, I feel like we could definitely revisit this, and maybe even have a couple of people on the show. I do agree. I think this would be a good segue into another show that we were talking about. Yes, one hundred percent. But uh, that wraps it up for us here at Bourbon Sauce. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends. The more you like and and share, the better the chances are we can grow this channel. Plus, the algorithms love it. Also, check out our Instagram page on www.instagram.com forward slash bourbon sauce, where you can see clues on upcoming episodes, as well as see photos that pertain to our podcast. And you can message us there and give real-time feedback and interact with us, because that's what we do. We like to talk to our fans. So, hope you come back. Until next time, enjoy your favorite beverage and get lost. Cheers. Cheers.